1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Out of the shotgun, drops a couple of steps, going to take a deep shot to Brandon Ayuk.
2: It's the flag. Oh, he caught it! you caught! Ayouk caught it out of the air. A flag is also down. Did Ayuk score? He got touched down on the two-yard line.
3: And as I tweeted, here we go. Here comes the horse crap. Mm -hmm. Here comes the absolute BS as the Detroit Lions. And where are we putting this in terms of a playoff joke? Teams to blow a 17 or more point halftime lead in the playoffs and lose by three or more points. The Lions yesterday. The 2017 Falcons against New England. 93 Oilers versus Buffalo. 1957. 49ers against Detroit, so maybe you just go in order of the points. But just in your mind, thinking of a playoff meltdown and choke, where would this rank? Yeah, well, the, the, I mean
4: the the number one is I think is easy. Buffalo. Right? Oh, I was going to say Atlanta. Atlanta, twenty eight three. They had just dominated the Pats, and I mean they did everything they possibly could have to not win that game in the second half. Like everything they could have. And then you know there was that Edelman catch, the ball popped yeah. up in the air, and crazy. he just you know like there was there was some plays in that one too. You gotta have those plays. Yep. Yeah. You, you have to. I mean, Brock Purdy had a ninety nine point one QBR in the second half. Like he had to have. If it was a ninety nine, he'd probably lose. They probably you know like it was it, it was crazy. You had a- to have. A- is it Amy
3: Trask anywhere talking about Brock Purdy now?
4: Oh, she
5: gave him props last week. She did. Uh, admitted she was wrong. The the number one is yeah it's Falcons Patriots that that's the number one that's the worst one. I I probably would say last it's a tie. year, right? We
3: had Jacksonville. I was gonna say Jacksonville
5: Chargers and Buffalo, Houston are the other ones that really stand out as just utter collapses. But I mean, this was this was bad. I don't think it's as bad as, but, like it'll be memorable. And they were so the, the the biggest thing about this collapse is just the difference in tone. Like even when the Chargers got up big against the Jaguars, like it wasn't just like this punishing dominant feel that Detroit had over San Francisco yesterday. And so even though the gap was larger in the Chargers game, this one had a a feel that was just wildly different from the first half to the second half where San Francisco kind of reversed it and did the exact same thing to Detroit that Detroit was doing to them in the first half.
3: There's a little bit of a comfort level that I have in watching the games and saying, okay, well, the Cowboys
5: didn't belong here.
3: So it makes me feel better about not blowing an opportunity. So when I was watching Detroit do that to San Fran, especially in the first half, I was justifying to myself feeling better about the Cowboys not being there by saying, the Cowboys can never run the ball like that. So there's no way that they would be doing this to San Francisco. Anyone else with a similar feeling or thought? like The way that Detroit was taking it to them with all that yardage in the first half is not something that the Cowboys were capable of because they don't play with that power and they could not run the football basically throughout the entire season. Anyone else?
5: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the bigger takeaway I had from watching that was... Um, 148 first half rushing. Over. The bigger takeaway I had was not, oh, wow, Dallas would have been able to push San Francisco. The thought I had was Dallas was going to get rocked by Detroit in the divisional round if they had gotten there. Oh. That was what I came with. I was just like, that, that football team, their mentality, the way they are coming back in here three weeks after they felt like they got screwed, coming in here angry, I'm Dallas would have stood zero chance.
4: Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I think Detroit was, you know, the, the team that we saw uh, in week 17 or whatever, like that was a team that most people thought the Cowboys were going to handle, and they came in there, and they gave them everything they had. Um, And then they put in a position last night to, I mean, they they should have won that game. Like they were... They were the better team for a majority of that. You know, at least at least a half of that game, but even in parts of the second half, like they should before the fourth down, like they were they were driving. I mean, they they were in field goal. They were uh, they had picked up right where they left off on that second on that first drive they had.
5: I don't know. I, I mean, I think it was a genuine tail of two halves. Like I think San Francisco was just better than them the entire second half. Like they did have the drive, but I mean San Francisco went out, moved the ball effectively to open it. Obviously Detroit got into position on that next one but I mean I think that pretty handily San Francisco had this one. Choppy, this
3: half. uh next part of the segment is for you. All right. Um all right. I wrote down all of the issues that we would be killing Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys for. All right. And you always say, right? We are uh, we have a microscope on America's team. That's what we do. We're the official station and we don't pick apart the other teams because we're not examining and covering them to that degree. So I have mistakes from the final four teams in the categories of composure slash penalties, game plan, decision-making. I have all of these issues. From a game planning standpoint, John Harbaugh and the Ravens are getting crushed for not running the football Eleven total runs, Bobby. You said, and I think five of them were rushing attempts, like Lamar. So, eleven drawn up, five
5: scrambles for sixteen.
3: Okay, so eleven drawn up runs against the number twenty eight run defense in Kansas City. We'd be coming on here and killing uh, Mike McCarthy for not running the football enough with that with that game plan. You're, they're they're a power team. They are the best regular season team in the league. They beat up San Francisco. Did you let Kansas City off the hook? They're also getting killed for how in the hell do you let Travis Kelsey have that game? You could argue Travis Kelsey was the offensive MVP of the weekend. Came out, championship-type drive established, 11 for 116. Who else do you have? You have She Rice. You have Valdez Scantling, who had the game blouses catch that ended everything. But we all know you don't have a ton of great weapons. How do you let Kelsey get that free and do that damage? 11 for 116. So those are game-planning criticisms that Baltimore and John Harba- Harbaugh are getting killed for. I mean, that's fair, I think. Um, you're, have, you're
4: a run-first team. Like, why would you stop doing... What got you there? Like, to me,
3: that when you... Gus Edwards had three carries for 20 yards. Zay Flowers almost had as many carries as mm-hmm. Gus Edwards. Yeah, when, when, when you
4: change... I think when you change what you do... Like, what I consider choking is changing up what you do in the big moments. That's what I consider choking. It's not necessarily, like, missing a free throw. People miss free throws. When you change your style because the moment got bigger... That is choking. If you're on the 18th hole and you've gotten there and you're the DeChambeau and you've gotten there by pulling out the driver and just mashing it and you decide on the 18th hole to two-stroke lead to tee off with a four iron, that's a choke. Mm-hmm. Do what got you there. And that's why I have no problem with Dan Campbell. But the Ravens, that's not what got them there. What got them there is not Lamar Jackson throwing the ball 37 times.
5: Yeah, I mean, if, if this is Mike McCarthy we're crushing him for the run game stuff. Obviously we're assuming like coaching what Baltimore's run game is. We're crushing him for that. I don't, I I would say, I don't think we'd be, at least I wouldn't be coming in here and killing him over the Kelsey thing. Because to me, it's like Kelsey was just great yesterday. Like he made plays like the touchdown catch. That's like a perfectly placed ball. It's a great play by Kelsey. There was the, the wild third down where Mahomes got hit at the knees and just kind of threw it up there. And Kelsey made a great catch. I I Passing
3: Jerry Rice, by the way, for most postseason receptions of all time. I
5: think, Kelsey, that's just a great player being a great player. And and, and I don't know how much more the Ravens probably could have done to stop that.
3: Okay. Uh, Penalties and composure. We saw loss of it from other teams. Uh, The Ravens falling apart and crumbling at the end. Jadavian Clowney with the penalty. I, I know what Roquan Smith was trying to do in terms of going offsides, but he took it too far coming committed a personal foul. So you have 10 more yards of field possession. Um, Zay Flowers, probably the GOAT of the weekend. It's either Dane Campbell or Zay Flowers Yep. with the, the, the penalty, the taunt, which are so stupid and crippling, to go ahead and back you up. I guess it wasn't that crippling because they got down to yeah. the one-yard line because of Zay Flowers. And then the fumble... That will haunt him forever, and then he goes and busts his hand on the bench. Composure, right? Stupidity in terms of the
5: decision-making. That's something we always kill the Cowboys for, justifiably so. Yeah, absolutely. And Harbaugh, John Harbaugh deserves that same sort of criticism today. Because, like you say, if they came out there and they completely deviated from what made them successful, if Mike McCarthy did that... And then Mike McCarthy's team had all these issues. I know I'm coming in here the next day and being like, why are you? Why why don't you have these guys prepared? Why don't you have these guys composed? Why is your receiver punch and stuff? Why is Patrick Queen not able to just – or Roquan Smith not able to take just a simple, hey, just touch somebody. You don't have to truck them and give them an extra 10 yards. Yeah. All of those sorts of things uh, we're, we're killing McCarthy for. And John Harbaugh, I would hope in Baltimore today – I don't know. I would hope in Baltimore he is getting crushed for those
3: things. And then, of course, the big one is Dan Campbell. If that was Mike McCarthy, what are we saying and doing? Mike McCarthy feels like he's been more aggressive. Um, He would go for a lot of fourth downs as well. Dan Campbell with two fourth down decisions. He is the coaching goat in a bad way of the weekend. And Zay Flowers is the player goat. Uh, So think about all that as a Cowboy fan. Throw it in the blender and ask yourself, do we really have it that bad? Is McCarthy really that bad of a game day manager? And there's also two ways to go about it. Choppy and I have always disagreed. I generally don't care what 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 you're doing, what everyone else is doing. It's not, I, I'm like, that's not an excuse for you to be bad at it because everyone else is. Choppy, a lot of times, will go the opposite direction. That is the state of the league. Everyone's bad at game management. So we should, league. We, should, league. we should back off Mike and realize that everyone makes these types of mistakes. Not that you think Campbell made mistakes yesterday, but he's getting destroyed and crushed. And if that was McCarthy, we'd be running him out of town, and Jerry would say, no, we're keeping him no matter what. Yeah, my issue with, with like,
4: the Campbell criticism is that it's far too, like, outcome-based. Like, if Josh Reynolds catches that ball, no one's criticizing the play. Right. And that was a ball that he should. Balls,
2: balls,
3: man, Campbell.
4: that was a ball that he should have caught. No doubt. The second one, I mean, that play got blown up from the very start. Credit San Fran defense on that one. And that was one you probably would have kicked. I mean, I probably... I I know, like, the numbers slightly favored going for it. Very slightly. Like, 2%. Uh, That was one I probably would have kicked. But then again, I mean, you're already... You've already... You're bleeding. You're bleeding at that point. You're going to kick a field goal to tie. And there's still a chance that he misses. Like, he was only about 75% from 40 to 49 yards for his career. And he only had one kick on the whole year from 40 to 49. Like, they only let him kick the ball, like, four or five times all year. So, like... And, and, and outdoors it's for him it's been touching and go touch and go in his career so like i don't know that was i didn't have a major problem with campbell going for it because that's what he'd done all year like if you change up what you do so rank the
3: three the field goal before the half and then the two that's the one i i would have gone for it there you're in you're in a you have the biggest problem with that one
4: yeah you're in a total house money situation when you get down inside the three yard line you got to come away with seven not three Three is zero in that that situation.
3: The other two made it get, a three score game. It did make it a
4: three score game. Um, I gotta do math here. That's that would have been that was 17, right? It was yeah. Was that 17? Yep. Yeah. Made a seventeen. Yeah, 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 Okay. So that is now I get it, right? I understand you're making a three score game. But San Fran is getting the ball back, and I know that you don't want to come away with zero points, but you're there, you're close. That's a great two point conversion team, short yardage team. I don't know man that's one that's one I would have put the faith in your quarterback who generally makes pretty accurate throws and good decisions.
5: And just to speak again to how outcome-based it is, like we're think about the teams that won even and some of the things that would be questioned today if they didn't win. Like people would ask the question about like, why are you letting Jake Moody go out there and kick? Why are you putting your guy in a position where he struggled as much as you have? Kyle Shannon, why are you having him kick there? Andy Reid, why are you going for it on fourth and one inside the red zone and turning the ball over in Baltimore oh. if they win that game and they go to the field? Andy Reid, if that isn't completed to Marquez Valdez Scantley, why the hell are you throwing Throwing the ball on third down. Why are you not just running it, forcing Baltimore to take their final timeout? Now you've stopped the clock for them. Like those questions would exist. It is very outcome based. It's the old Ernie Zampese line, the old Cowboys Chargers offensive coordinator, where he used to say, "Like it's simple. If a play call works, it's genius. If it doesn't, you're an idiot." Like that's essentially what it comes down to. And you know we're we're crushing Shanahan for lack of preparation for his team. If they lose that game, we're crushing Andy Reid for. You know, fourth down decisions and other things like mm-hmm. that. If they if they lose, so it is very outcome based. And are you it, okay? Yeah. Well. Are, you,
3: are you morphing into RJ over here?
5: What do you mean? Uh,
3: outcome based. No, I mean I am saying one that game I, playoff. No, 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 judgments. No, no, no. My God. Yeah. Nah.
5: So I don't know. I don't know
3: what it is. I, I, you I have your second
5: uh, protege here. I do. I, I'm just saying. First story RJ majors, Choppy, now you.
3: RJ Choppy School Broadcast.
5: I'm just saying in the in, in wow. games that are decided by a touchdown or less, we're going to look at like either way. Like it's just a game of inches it's it's so small narrow the margins that their decisions on the other side we'd be talking about i still think dan campbell going forward on fourth down those two times is the worst decision of the weekend regardless of outcome i think that's the one that is the hardest to defend
3: we have to try to go through without getting fired the vince mcmahon text messages oh, oh god and can a celebrity have a GoFundMe me for her kids baseball tournament a person that many people love to hate. We'll talk about it next on Sean and RJ.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
1: in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Good morning, Metroplex. Thanks for being a toe low here on DFW Sports Station. Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, and our Cowboys insider, Bobby Belt. We will talk about Kellen Moore to the enemy coming up. At 8.40 is the Cowboys coaching staff getting picked off as well. That is in below the belt right here on 105.3 The Fan. But the Vince McMahon text messages, man, I don't know how to go about describing them. Can we have Peyton read them? You wanted to have Peyton read them. I could do that. Uh, again, hard to totally trust things that are out there, but enough people kind of uh, – they uh, retweeted this and it seemed to be credible, but would anyone like to take a nope, I'm good, crack it describing the nature uh, of these oh. texts that forced Vince McMahon yeah, the nature. to resign and step down from all of his WWE duties as had the Royal Rumble on Saturday night.
4: Mm. I do believe the nature of these were sexual.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, these are uh these accused are accused of sexual misconduct and sex trafficking, sex trafficking
4: that's the word
3: yes that's that
4: you know you really can't come back from any of these but you know if you're just sending dirty text to somebody whatever man right well not whatever but um whatever
3: if you start getting into trafficking all right now we're this is not dirty text like I want you to go and be with these other people I have you lined up he was it yeah. sounded like he was pimping her out yes and like an employee of yours. Yeah.
4: Like, if you're in a consensual relationship with somebody, even in your office, and I know, like, there are rules against that if you're, like, in a position of power like Vince's, Right. But, like, still, like, consenting adults, do what you want to do. I don't care. Uh, but
3: when you start getting into... And she's saying the pressure was on her to do yeah. this stuff to keep her job. Yes. I mean, she could be freaky. Who knows? Maybe she's into it. But, man, Vince McMahon hey, I... is really, really vulgar. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're
4: into it, there is a level of... Um, of pressure that comes with that based on the doing Yeah, he can't be writing
3: her that stuff even if she's into it.
5: No. I mean, yeah, just as somebody who's in charge. Yeah, you you can't do that. And a lot of it does read. It's incredibly graphic. They are essays almost. Like some of these look like 4,000-word texts that he's sending. Very, very illiterate. (laughs) That that was my main (laughs) takeaway. That that man just does not want to type out Y-O-U. This is an... Eighty-year-old typing. You, you are for you, your. You you yes. Uh, over and over again. But I mean, it's just, it's a bad bad look. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you like, like, it, we can't read them because they're so graphic. But I mean, they're it's stuff where he's seemingly compelling her to perform acts on other people as, as leverage. There's him talking about how he's showing. Photographs and videos of her to other people that they work with. Yes. Um, there's him just graphically describing the things that he wants her to do, the things that he wants to observe.
3: And, like, making appointments for her.
5: Yeah. To mm-hmm. go do these things.
3: I got you on a Monday at 9 o'clock. And then, you know, Tuesday, don't forget that. You think you can squeeze this in? You you, you, you think you can jam this in the, the schedule? Yeah. You, you, you know?
5: And, and it's stuff where when he's describing it, it's like, it, it's not just, hey, this is what time it is. It's, hey, this is what time it is. And and here's what I'm thinking you do, X, Y, Z, and just, like, graphically laying out a a, a script almost for her to follow. Of like, hey, you need to do these things to these people. And it's just, it's, it's, it's bad, 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 bad. It's bad. This is bad. the
3: second time, and, like, millions and millions of payouts throughout this past history. Yeah, and this is a
4: quick step down, too. Like, these things came out, and he stepped down, like, the next morning. Like, it, 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 he knew he wasn't recovering from this.
3: He said he's going to fight it, you know, baseless and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But this is like the second Vince resignation when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, was not able to make the uh, Gavin, Spar- uh, Gavin Spittle Royal Rumble party. Uh, I went out to... You were
5: protesting, McMahon. Spits and suds. Yeah.
3: Uh, and by the way, uh, Triple H getting destroyed for his press conference... In addressing these things. I just want to focus on the positive. We got we got a five billion dollar Netflix deal. We had a really good night. Forget about that, it's your father-in-law who's being accused of all of these things. He took a very cowardly way out, very soft answers by Triple H. Um, but I almost had my own fight Saturday while I was out uh at um, our friend Elizabeth's birthday party. Well went hmm. to Mexican sugar. Oh yeah. Uh very good. Yeah, it is pretty good. But while pulling in to the parking, mm-hmm. these. Well, uh, it was one one little punk for sure, Uh, but four four basically twenty year olds I would say kids two, two two four kids.
4: What are twenty year olds even doing now? They can't drink. Yeah, what are they doing out of the house?
3: Wearing their stars jerseys, uh, two kids walking with the two girls who probably weren't going to get any action with anyway. Whoa. These losers. Oh. and. He sits there, and as I'm, I'm pulling into the parking lot, this little punk takes a parking cone, picks it up, puts it in front of my car, and is like, got to go around, acting like he was this fake parking attendant, and then, like, scurries on down the street. I open the, I put down the window. Uh-oh. I start putting down the window and open the door, and then Amanda grabs me, because in, in my wife's mind, any verbal altercation... Will lead to getting shot. That's just how she thinks. Oh yeah, Chris is the same. Ten out of, the, the first, the first argument I ever got into with someone else in front of Amanda, I thought she was going to be like, "Oh my gosh, that was badass." You know, someone like knocked her drink over and didn't apologize, and I was like, "Go get her, go get her another drink." And she was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, hang on. You're with a badass here. <laughs> you know, you need, to be, <laughs> you need to be recognizing this. You need to be acknowledging this. No, my wife is so paranoid." And such a warrior, she yeah. thinks everyone is going to pull out a gun. If I honk at someone, she gets she freaks out. She gets so scared and petrified. But I put down the window because it was, it was, you know, I thought even if it was two-on-one, you know, I had a chance. These little puny punks wearing their stars jerseys. And I was getting ready to go off on this guy on the sidewalk. She grabs me and stops me. He pulled the fake parking attendant move and put the cone right in front Man, of my vehicle. Yeah, you got to just run over the cone. Just run over the cone. That's what you got to do there. I should have accelerated towards him. I should. I really, I really wish I could have, you know, broken his knees and just run him over uh, with the, with the bottom half damage. Yeah. But that probably would have worked out badly for me.
4: My uh, my. Yeah, I used to have a thing. I don't mess with neck tattoo guy. Yeah. I don't mess with twenty year old anymore. I've seen enough twenty year olds in the gym. They'll think they've been taking PEDs since they were like twelve. Yeah. And it's just
5: really, really weird what's going on there. So i just have a rule now. If you're twenty, I just assume you're a unit. That's so that's a, that's a good rule. I don't. Uh, I would uh, never rest, uh, mess with country boy. Country boy yeah. was the one that I didn't ever want to mess with, especially once they started taking their shirt off. I was yep. like, oh, crap! So you don't have like to worry a- about
4: getting shot if you got to carry a gun everywhere. You just do. You just what? carry it. You, you got carry. a gun on you. No, Grisco I don't. County Actually, Junior. I don't. What, 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 what was uh, I don't. When, when you were
5: when you were opening the door though? I'm curious because she had, like Amanda had already played the thing out in her head. Yes. Clearly, it was like, nope, stop. How had what was your thought? Did you even get there? Was just like I'm so mad I'm getting out. Oh, I'm a a master trash talker.
3: I had it. I was gonna emasculate them in front of the girls. Is that just? And I knew he wasn't. I knew it wasn't gonna go too crazy. I'd already processed this because I'm like they're not gonna sit here and fight and have an all out brawl. The girls are gonna try to hold mm -hmm. them back. But I was. I, I had it all lined up. Pop. 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 In terms of what to say and how to, uh, how to how to sit there and humiliate them in front so of you, these girls,
5: you just anticipated this would just be trash talk, and we're not going to get into physical. Altercation yeah, verbal, mode verbal,
3: verbal altercation. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there yelling, screaming. They scurry off to the game, but my wife thinks it's always going to end in bloodshed on the street. Look at you wearing your golden goose shoes. You like, think you're all that? Like we're on boys in the hood. My my problem. Like I'm running down the alley. <laughs> that's what she. Freaky. That's what she envisions. My- what do you do at any time there's a news story? You see? You see? There it Someone is. Someone just pulls out a gun. Everyone has a gun. And everyone's always armed, and that's her rationale.
5: Yeah, my problem in those situations is I react emotionally. Yeah. And I don't know when the switch is going to get flipped. Like, there are some times where I can de-escalate or just be like, okay, this is this is nothing. Uh, then there are other times where it's like, boy, that shouldn't have risen to the level that your reaction did. And so that's why I try to avoid as much of it as I can because of— Oh, you would have said something probably not, that's never happened to me
3: mm-hmm. like to pick up the cone put it right in front and like keep walking and give a little smart alec, like, like go around like go around and i i like I, I can't take that i can't sit there and take
5: it yeah that would my that, wife
3: is like way too mature about it you know
5: it's that annoying would, that would drive me nuts but to be fair look i mean that is a a healthy respect that you have to have that amanda has these days it is one that's mm, yeah. like, like like i'm not saying that it's it's probably not as frequent, but like I mean, you have to make those sort of assumptions that, that that could be in play.
3: What about you? You said you got the little Peyton, uh, Pey- Peyton temper back there. What would you have done?
4: You got to say something, especially if you're in front of your girl. You know, yeah. you have to say something. Now, we'll say the hockey yeah. guys, though, they travel in packs, too. You know, they, 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 can, they can bring it. It's not just one of them. Like you said, you know, it's a pack,
5: so that'd be tough to fight off. But, well, I mean, you got to say I don't something.
3: F- he wasn't a player. Well, I mean— like- he-
5: do you do you stereotype <laughs> fans at all? Like like fans that t- like, like yeah. If it was a rugby fan, I'm, I'm not saying anything. But but like yeah, what if he's wearing I'm like an say- all black uh, jersey soccer fan? You know,
2: know.
3: Baseball fan, I'm stepping to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> baseball yeah. fan. Yeah, baseball fan, I'm stepping to you. Uh rugby fan, no. Um Soccer fan, probably not.
4: Oh no, you definitely stepped to a soccer fan.
3: Really? Have you tried to? I people mean, get
4: stabbed and killed at those. Yeah, events. that's in Europe. That's European soccer fans. Oh yeah, but I mean, have you have you tried to put on one of those like soccer jerseys? Game like like no, a normal size
3: large yeah. is like a four
2: X in a soccer <laughs> jersey because they're so small.
3: Uh, yeah, football I, stadium, you generally don't want those arguments. If people, you know, liquored up. They think that you know they're they're Al
5: Bundy. And football stadium is dangerous too because I feel like it pulls in all different like types of people. Like 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 there's just different my like I mean people will always try and like like Peyton just did stereotype the hockey fan. It's like, oh they're brawlers and they're they're in groups like football it's the stadium. It's just it's America's most popular sport. So you it's the widest variety of people and you have no idea who you're pulling.
3: What uh speaking of parking Chicago meters Chicago pulling an all time
4: this is this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. So a few years back the city of Chicago um they were trying to get out of like some financial issues you don't say and they sold thanks obama all <laughs> thanks, of <wrong>. their <laughs> they sold all their parking meters to this company in like Abu Dhabi all right and they sold them for 1.15 billion dollars for the next 75 years that was 11 years ago They've already paid it off. That company has already made enough money to pay off their $1.1 billion investment. And now for the next, like, 60 years, the city of Chicago makes no money off these parking meters. And (laughs) Mm. that company that bought them for a billion dollars just to get out of this little debt is now going to make nothing but money. They're going to make... Five, six, seven, eight, ten billion dollars over the next sixty years. Chicago signed the Bobby Bonilla deal. It's a Bobby Bonilla deal. And it's just it's just lunacy. Lunacy that they would do this. Like such short sightedness to think that, oh, you know, it was just we need money. Let's take money now. Let's just give up all of our parking. See, this, this is the opposite of the bass. family. I was about to say your your
5: experience with the bass family, you could have told Chicago, look, there's a lot of money to be made here. Yeah, you, a lot you, of money. you should not give this up. Build a parking garage, you'll be fine.
3: Yeah. Now I just have all the parking apps. Yeah. You know, yep. whereas before, and it's also like It feels like such a racket. Well, what do you want to do? Are you going to be stubborn and circle around? No, there's
5: nothing you can do. Like I always end up doing it, but it does feel like a racket. Where it's just like this is this feels like right, your likelihood of valet, all costs included, valet
3: garage, circle the street. When do you just decide? Screw it. I'm eating the cost.
4: Am I by myself or am I with Sarah?
3: You are with Sarah.
4: We are circling the street.
3: Oh! She would not
4: pay for parking,
3: man. She's really frugal.
4: She would not pay. It's like, it, it, it's the same thing you have with. Uh, it, it's a. It's the same thing Costanza had with uh,
5: ladies of the evening. With a little effort, you can get it for free. You don't <laughs> need to pay for it. <laughs> it's the same I, thing with parking. I'll circle one time. I circle one time. If I don't see it, then I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for forever. Time is money. And then I'd valet over the garage. Time is money. That's That's what I'm saying, man. This guy, the guy's oh, well, got two that. hours to kill to go drive to your Tarleton State yeah. broadcast. <laughs> Mr. Time is money.
3: <laughs> All right. Is Kellen Moore a traitor? He's going to filthy. That's next. And below the belt on the home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The fam. The great Bobby
5: Bell. You ruined the morning show. Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take off no. my belt. We're not- K-E-L-L-E-N. Kellen yeah. Moore is going to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's happening.
2: Let's go, birds. What
5: a traitor. That's pretty good. That was a pretty quick drop, Peyton. I got to give you credit for that. Kellen Moore is going to the Philadelphia Eagles to be their offensive coordinator to work with Jalen Hurts. Uh, there was a little bit of that. We we did get some of the Kellen is an absolute traitor uh, line of thinking on social media over the weekend, which I do think is a little funny because, I mean, nobody here has any sort of feeling like, well, come on, what what sort of loyalty do you have here? No. Buddy? Like there there's none of that thought. I've got to pull up this tweet. Kellen was I forced out here.
3: Well can't get mad when yeah. you're forced
5: out. Yeah, that's true. Somebody somebody tweeted me, they said, What a backstabbing POS. Uh-huh. I would never go work for my rival. And I said, or maybe he felt stabbed in the back to begin with. And they replied, said, maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to draw an equivalent I can relate to. If I was let go from my company or we mutually agreed to part ways, I certainly would never go work for our biggest competitor. (laughs) I don't think that other people have that thought typically. Usually,
4: if if somebody lets you go, you're mad at them and you want to get
3: back at them. Here's my big question for Philadelphia and just this type of hire with Jalen Hurts. Do you have to go out and get someone that is familiar
5: and designed an offense for a running quarterback like this. Unless you don't want him to be that anymore. could you Greg Roman. I, I mean, if you, if, you don't, right. if you don't want him to be that anymore, if you want him to become, hey, like, we need a pocket passer. Like, because this, we, we've talked about it before. Like, we then saw. Can I rescind the contract I gave him? <laughs> well, so look, let me ask I, I, well, I mean, look, look at it this way. He was clearly hampered a lot like this season. He was not healthy for a lot of the oh, season, you could now tell. Now you're giving him an injury. No, break. no, no, no. I'm just saying he he it robbed him of some of the athleticism. He was not able to move the same way that he did. I don't think it affected his arm or, or his ability to pass other than the fact that with him not being a threat to run, it made it much more easy to defend him. And I do wonder if Philadelphia, just looking at it, said, look, how sustainable is it for him to be a running quarterback in the future. I mean, I think we heard rumblings of that after they gave him the contract, that they wanted him to pull back the running a little bit. So it may have been a case where they said, okay, what we have to do is we have to guard against an offensive scheme that relies so much on this. We talked about it. Like, now that Lamar Jackson is out of the playoffs after Baltimore lost, we still do not have this style of quarterback as a primary or dual threat-like type of quarterback. We don't have a team winning a Super Bowl with one of those quarterbacks yet. That's right. true. That's true. Um, although Mahomes is a dual threat, I think Mahomes can but, scramble. Yeah. I don't. I, that's not like that's not his design. That's right. not his game. Yeah. Like and, like and he Purdy had, can scramble. Too. Like I mean, Steve Young yeah. can scramble. Steve Young was Fair. not like okay. Jalen Hurts, get, yeah, Lamar Jackson.
3: Um, Mahomes is such a damn good scrambler. He kills you. He, and he so t-tos. breaks your pass. He tiptoes. Yeah. He he's,
5: doesn't even run. He's such an underrated great, great. Runner. He's so tough. Because, like, like he will – you you can hit him, and he'll just bounce right back up. He is incredibly tough. I think that makes it really difficult yeah. on teams, too, when they feel like, man, we're getting some good shots on him, and he does not seem to no. be rattled by it at all. You
4: so, know, I want let me ask you this. So, do we all agree that Dak became a better passer and more accurate over the years? Yes, um,
5: I do. Yes, I do. All right. Somebody
4: – obviously, a lot of that's his own doing – Mm-hmm. But somebody helped him with that along the way.
5: I think that techniques. M- Yeah, I think that mainly started with Kitna. Sure. But Kellen was here that whole time. Yeah. And maybe that he
4: did something or no, you know, knows the techniques that were used. Yeah. And maybe he can bring that to Jalen Hurts.
5: Yeah, I think that Kellen. I think where Kellen is a big benefit is not so much in mechanics or anything like that, like Kellen is going to help you like from a cerebral standpoint, understand coverages and play design and the way to take advantage of certain looks and things like that. He He's really good at that sort of thing. He, this is something funny enough. Like I heard Patrick Mahomes say this one time too while he was training, but Kellen Moore had done an interview while he was at Boise State or, or right after he entered the league, one of them. And teammates were talking at Boise State about how like it's annoying because Kellen won't play Madden with us. And Kellen had told them he's like it's it doesn't make sense the way that the AI reacts to the play design doesn't make sense and so he he's like this is stupid you can't read coverages you can't do it and so like Kellen refused to play Madden because of it. Ha! Here's the uh,
3: here's the big ho- and wasn't Romo a big diehard Madden player? I think I think he was like sure. I think he got invested in it. Um, you hope that Philadelphia takes a step back with these two coordinator changes because on paper it's a haul. It looks incredible, right? You add Kellen you add Vic Fangio. You hope that Kellen's uh, lack of familiarity with a runner like Hertz takes some time in designing an offense and working with him. And you hope that Vic Fangio, I think Broaddus had said it, this will be a little bit of a step back for Philadelphia with a totally different scheme. So you right. hope that those two things cause the Eagles to take a step
5: back. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a reset, which, man, if Nick Sirianni is in a – Win or go home, or, or win or lose your job type of mode. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of a risky play to have such a well, reset like that.
3: I think he was forced into it. The, yeah, the, the word out of Philly is Jeffrey Lurie said Patricia's gone and this guy's gone, the size's gone. They're just gone. So
5: figure it out, and you're not making the hires, but you
3: may make the hire. But these guys
5: are definitely out of here. Which the Eagles, uh, when they hired Sirianni, they interviewed Kellen Moore. And so, like, I mean, he's he's somebody who already they were familiar with through the interview process. They probably liked him. Fangio had already been in the building. So I'm guessing it is a management sort of thing where management just endorses him. But, look, I think Sirianni has said, honestly, I'll give him this credit. Like, I think he said the right things in their, you know, wrap-up press conference at the end of the year where he's not sitting there going. he At the very end of the season, he tried the, hey, look, we still won 11 games. We, we had a successful season that tone changed after he met with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman because he came out in their postseason press conference and he was like, I've got to prove to everybody again that I can do this. I, I don't get any benefit of the doubt. And I think that there's a a lot of prove it on that staff right now. Sirianni's got it. Fangio's got it now because Fangio got killed. We talked about that. Got killed by Dolphins players out the door as being just antiquated and, and not with the modern times. And then Kellen obviously has a lot to prove. There's a lot of noise that Mike McCarthy was right and, and clearly showed that he got more out of Dak than Kellen ever could have. There's yeah. a lot for him to prove in that process. It's
3: one-o, it's one-o McCarthy with Kellen leaving so far. That that's that's the perception of it. One-o Mike.
5: Some other uh coaching news or or coaching rumblings across the National Football League. Uh, the Cowboys have a couple of assistants that are getting interviews with these jobs in Atlanta and Carolina. Now that those head coaches have been hired, Raheem Morris and the Falcons have requested to interview Adden Dirty, the defensive wow. line coach
4: that to replace Adden Dirty. He
5: is he is a he is really well thought of around the league, and he's somebody who players love. And you know this has been his trajectory. People figured he's going to be a defensive coordinator one day. That's been the thought. He's just always kind of followed Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has been sort of his mentor and, and somebody that he leans on. Uh, but Dirty gets the interview request with the Falcons, the Rams, and the Packers. All three have now requested to interview him. So he's becoming a coach. And can, I think there's a good shot you lose Adam Dirty this offseason. Uh, and then in Carolina, you have uh, Canales there who just got hired. And he is interviewing Will Harriger, the Cowboys offensive assistant, who's brought in to do some stuff with the quarterbacks this year. Sort of a, uh, you know, just assistant coach without a position that he's running. But he was working a lot with the quarterbacks. He had been at USC when Caleb Williams really blew up there. He had worked with Caleb Williams, so he's got a record of that. He had also worked in Seattle for a long time, and that's where he had gotten to know Canales. So this is what's going to happen. You're going to get guys that kind of pick off your coaching staff and winnow through it when those are the guys that they know. Uh, so those are a couple that you got to watch out for. Is Dan Quinn going to be back? Well, the report from uh, Jeremy Fowler over the weekend is that Dan Quinn had interviewed with Seattle deep into the night on Friday, uh, you've got the deep into the night, yes, like the Benny night. Mardonis into the night uh, Tuesday. He's meeting with the Washington Commanders, who all signs have pointed to that likely being a Ben Johnson job is that that was the expectation. The offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions How excited I would be to get that cat if you can find a quarterback. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's, he's really good play designer and he is the hot commodity right now. So I think it's unlikely Quinn gets that commander's job. So it's pretty much just down to Seattle. Uh, But if he doesn't get that job, Jordan Schultz reported over the weekend that Dan Quinn is not looking for any sort of departure. If he doesn't get a job, he's not looking for a reset, he'll be back in Dallas. And so that would be it. Now, if he does leave for Seattle, we've talked about, like, hey, who would be some coordinator candidates? Three for three, Mike, Dak, and Quinn. (laughs) Yeah, that's what everybody wanted. (laughs) Isn't that what we all said? We said, let's bring this core back completely. Let's not change a thing. Uh, If Dan Quinn were to leave for Seattle – there's been discussion of, okay, who steps in? Is it Joe Witt, the passing game coordinator? Do they hire somebody from the outside? A lot of people have suggested Al Harris. Yeah. Because Al Harris has had Zach a lot Will of... Zach
3: Is Zach Wilczuk yeah, bringing
5: his that, name There's up. been a lot of positivity around Al Harris and the job that he's done in the secondary, the way he's helped Trayvon Diggs, the way he's helped Deron Bland. Uh, but Al Harris, this this was kind of circulating over social media over this past weekend. And it was something that he did back in November with Adam Schefter. He went on Schefter's podcast and, and did an interview... And the clip kind of went unnoticed at the time. Now that there's a real discussion of Quinn leaving and Harris potentially, well, maybe he could be elevated. This was getting some play. This was Al Harris back in November with Adam Schefter talking about what would happen if Dan Quinn left.
2: With, with Q, you know, if, if Q was to go and get a head coaching job, honestly, in whatever capacity he wanted me to come, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. It could be in Alaska. He could be coaching the Alaskan Bluebirds. <laughs> And wow. Al, I need you. I'm there.
5: So, if you're thinking, hey, Al Harris, here's our internal candidate. If he's if if, if what he said in November is, is just the complete honest truth, and if Dan Quinn wanted to come with him, he's saying he's going. And he's out of here, and he's going away. I still think the most likeliest candidate internally would be Joe Witt. He's been with McCarthy for 14 years. Like, a lot of people view him as a Quinn guy, because he had been in Atlanta, Quinn's final year. But before that, he had spent 12 years with Mike McCarthy in Green yeah. Bay, in fact, that was somebody they wanted to hire when McCarthy got hired here, and he had already taken the job with Atlanta. That's the only reason he didn't come here initially. But, but Joe Witt would some, make sense.
3: This is some Robert Kraft stressed over and over at the draw Mayo presser. He's like, in all my businesses, I took it as a business lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's said like, in all my businesses, promoting from within, that's what I prefer. That's the way I want to go. Uh, you know, you have people familiar with Yeah, it, 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 I get it. a, It's an all-time sports talk debate. Do you move to different cities like me – or you be pay-pay and come in, do whatever they ask of you. Be a pocket knife and rise through the ranks to buy a house in Rockwall.
5: Rent, rent a rent, house, rent, and, Same not, thing. and not even understand that you have to get electricity and water. Very, <laughs> very interesting. Re- really quickly, I'm just curious. So we, we also got the name of the weekend that Ron Rivera could be of interest to them as a defensive coordinator. Adam Chef or uh, Ian Rappaport had that that Ron Rivera could be a defensive coordinator candidate for the Cowboys if Quinn leaves. We've heard some rumblings about Wink Martindale here. I think Mike Zimmer would get a look. So out of those three, who's the preferred candidate for you guys, if you're going external?
3: Uh, How different is Wink's system going to be? He's incredibly blitz
5: heavy. Like, like he is committed to his zero blitz. Like, we're going all out and playing press man on the outside. That's his system, and he's going to run it.
3: Well, Ron Rivera is definitely third. Um, How outdated and old does Mike Zimmer feel to you?
0: I think I think
5: Zimmer gets such a bad rap. Like I would I, Zimmer would be the one I would one of those three. Zimmer's shown like, I can coach four, three, I can coach three, four even when I'm yeah. uncomfortable with it. He's gotten a lot out of players. If you look at his time in Minnesota, I understand there was a lot of disappointment there, but they were always for the most part competitive over the course of seven, eight years. I, I, I really like Zimmer. Who believes more in stopping the run? <laughs> um, Probably Zimmer. Old school. Well, Zimmer was also a secondary coach. So, I mean, it it, yeah. it, it might could, be tough. You could talk me into Zimmer or Wink. Rivera, nope. yeah. Rivera would probably be a run-stopping type of mindset. Ugh. Yeah, I'd be out on Rivera, but definitely
4: my last choice. I, I would probably go Wink only because, like, he's in, a, in more recently been in the league doing it than Zim, but, I mean, I'd be fine with either one.
3: All right, there it is. Below the belt right here on 105.3. The fan, Tony Romo, getting made fun of again over the weekend and why R.J. Choppy is not happy at all with Travis Kelsey, and it has nothing to do with Tay-Tay. Final hour, Monday edition
1: next. Okay. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.